0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to on with j cap uh today on with j cap we have two very special guests, Nathaniel Flores, who we had on on a previous episode, and juan Garcia uh throughout the episode, you may hear some sniffles or things along those lines. uh, please pardon. I'm a little bit under the weather, but uh today we're just it's more of a like a free for all kind of episode. We'll talk about different topics. Uh, but first, I want to give my guests a chance to introduce yourselves themselves. So, uh, guys, whoever wants to go first, you guys can introduce yourself. Uh, you know, your name, uh, your education, whatever you guys want to share. Uh, yeah, go on ahead.
1: I'm Nathaniel, the young college stu- student from last episode. And, yeah, I'm still learning my apologetics, my Catholic apologetics, so still... Learning more and um and these episodes are really helping. gotta prepare for them a little bit. gotta make sure i'm on um ready ready for the next episode. so yeah, not just playing I didn't study for this, but um no, but I'm learning my apologetics and um trying to live out the faith uh, especially in this day and age kind of tough, but um I just gotta keep going, keep on walking their narrow road to salvation.
0: So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Juan, um, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, first, I would like to start off by letting you guys know that my pronouns are he, him, and I'm just a boy from Colorado living in Bend City. And I'm also a college student in, at Miracle College in California which I previously lived at before, and I loved California. But I'm a Roman Catholic, and I found my faith um, with the help of TikTok. Uh, it's an it's a app that many children use to express themselves. But I used it to be holy. And that's all.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, so I want to thank you guys for for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, it's not a very optimal time, but yeah, I just want to express my gratitude to you guys. Um, and that's interesting, Juan, that you mentioned TikTok because you know before we started, we turned the cameras and the the audio recording on. Um, we were talking about that, and that could be one of our, that that could be a potential topic. And I think that's a a good way to get us started, uh, about TikTok because you mentioned it. So, you know, because the podcast is, you know, about religion, philosophy, et cetera, et cetera. And more specifically the, the Christian perspective, the Catholic perspective, excuse me. So I want to put it on the table so we can discuss it. And what do you guys think? Should Christians, uh, be using TikTok? Uh, Juan, I know you, you're a little bit more strong on this. Uh, what do you think? What's your, what's your stance on it?
2: Uh, well, thank you. Uh, my stance would probably be a little controversial to the Trad community. But I would say that mm. TikTok, um, when I first heard of TikTok, I kind of thought it was like an app for little kids. I um, it used to be called Musically, and I was just never into that. Like I thought it was very like like more cheesy. more age age limiting, right? Yeah, I thought it was cheesy, so I I just didn't. I was not gonna associate myself with that. And when I first tried making my TikTok account, the only reason I tried making a TikTok was because one of my friends was popular on there. So I wanted to know, I want to be a little nosy, you know, so I decided to make an account, but it couldn't because it said that my account was already in use, but I've never made it. And then when I switched my password, turns out some little girl took my email and made a bunch of music leads on my account, so I had to delete all of that. Um, yeah, isn't that crazy? But going back to your question that the topic, I honestly i honestly think that christians should be able to use tiktok because it's a it's a really big platform and there's a bunch of little niches on that app there's like a christian community there's mm. a big protestant community there's a also a pretty big catholic community which i'm a part of and i'm mostly on that side of tiktok because there's these things called sides of tiktok right. So there's like there's like straight tiktok, there's alt tiktok, there's um there's like music tiktok, there's comedy oh. tiktok, roblox tiktok. I'm on catholic tiktok most of the time. Um
0: I we should have done this in the beginning and I apologize uh for not doing so, but could you just take like a, a quick second or you know more than a second, but to just kind of briefly describe what tiktok is. Um is it we oh, know it's yeah. a social media platform but like You know, what is it for? Is it does it compare to Vine? Does it compare to Instagram? You mentioned musically, can you like,
2: oh, uh, just okay? Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, I would say I've never really read the description on the app store for the TikTok app, but I can kind of the best I can explain TikTok would be it's like an app where a lot of creators that's what the each like user is called. They're called creators, where they make their own content about whatever they want, as long as it doesn't violate the rules. And it's it's very popular in pop culture. So you would see people like Charlie D'Amelio, James Charles, and Trisha Paytas. They're all like very big on that app, but they're like more like pop culture ish. Um, what they do is they make like one minute. I think it's like a minute long um, cap that you can do right yeah right, i think, yeah, minute, I, think right? I think that's it's correct a, yes it gives you a minute to record anything you want to edit to add effects and you can just make you can be free right you can express yourself you can you can make a video about anything on that app and it's like a minute long and basically people if they like your video they they Tap on it, and it gives them a little. It gives you a little heart, and the more taps you get, the more uh, the algorithm, the TikTok algorithm, uh, shows your video on the For You page. Which the For You page is like a section on the on the on the app where the most viral videos go on. But it's very like the algorithm is very precise. Like it's very like if you're on TikTok and you're there for music videos like you like people mm. you like to watch people dance the more videos you like of people dancing the more the algorithm will recommend more videos of that so it becomes so, like, more
0: tailored to like what you like yeah. right
2: yeah exactly that's exactly what it is it's,
0: that's interesting yeah that's that's kind of similar to to youtube well many um other social medias i, I feel like But yeah, in my experience with TikTok, it it does become a little bit more tailored specifically with certain stuff. Um, Nathaniel, what do you think about it? Do you have, you use TikTok? Do you know people that use it? What are your thoughts on all this?
1: I am proud to say I've never downloaded the app. Um, But a lot of my Mm. friends have sent me TikTok, so, you know, I'll watch them and, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed them. I like my friends know me, like, they know the stuff I like, so they send me stuff, and then it's something cool, like, you know, cool stuff does exist on there. And like Juan said, there's definitely communities, and, and I think we forgot to mention in the beginning, TikTok's kind of a way we all met. Like, I've, I've, like, don't get confused, like, I've never had it, but the thing is, um, through TikTok, I believe that's how the youth apologetics chat was created, right?
0: Yeah, and, that's correct. Yeah. Could you really- So that's how we all met. Yeah, brief, could you briefly, uh, you know, a little shout-out to to the YA chat, too. Uh, any one of you guys, just kind of, for those listening, what the Youth Apologetics uh, group is?
1: Um, the Youth Apologetics is, like, it's for ages, like, I want to say, like, 15 primarily to, like, 21. And it's just a young Catholics all across, even across other countries, um they just come to talk about the the key like i want to say issues in the church and also just talking about the faith asking for prayers um there's a politics chat there's just like a a really like just social chat not really talking about the faith and like it's just a community which is nice because you know some of these people don't live in catholic communities like um like i kind of like where we're from julio like I mean, we probably live in a place that's pro- predominantly Catholic, but everyone's mm-hmm. kind of a lukewarm Catholic, and it, it definitely doesn't make its way to the public sphere. There's no community, right? So, sure, yeah. the this like, online lukewarm is a term used to describe someone who is not living out their faith. Um, mm-hmm. It was used in Revelation when God said, You are neither hot nor cold. For, and for that reason, I will vomit you out my mouth um, oh. so it's 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 like lukewarm's kind of a bad term like because God doesn't like that he'd rather you be right. really for him and if you're against him he could channel your um he could convert your your passions in, towards good he could work with that and um but if you have a hardened heart and you're just like oh you don't care and you know it's kind of harder to work with so that is what lukewarm is and that's why it's all bad. But um what was I saying? I was saying about the the YA chat. So um so it becomes like this community where, you know, despite where we are at, it's like a little refuge. We all go there. We all boost each other up in morale. And it's been mostly good. I mean there was a few like kind of there'll be like some drama on there from time to time, but it's a bunch of teenagers, so what do you expect, right? um yeah but yeah, for the most part it's good and we all met on there so I believe we met on like we used to do because the YA chat does these zoom calls and then we just mm-hmm. talk to each other get to know each other and that's how we met Juan like I already knew you Julio from high school and all that but that's where we met Juan here and we became good friends with him
0: yeah, yeah that's true that that's something that the listeners may not know that Nathan and I we we know each other uh locally you know not Uh, As opposed to how we know Juan, we met him online. But Nathan and I know each other from school. Um, But yeah, uh, the YHS started by I believe it was Ethan Potter. He started it. Um, I initially saw him on TikTok, followed him on Instagram, and on Instagram is where he he uh, started it. Where he yeah, he started on Instagram, but then um, it, it was too many people to. Be able to make a, a group chat on Instagram so it made it into a group meet and then it just started gaining, it's kind of being like a, a ball of snow, picked up traction, and now it's this big, awesome community of,
2: yeah. of
0: Catholics and, and even non Catholics. I think there's some people who like want to learn about the faith and like they're there's in their
2: orthodox, too.
0: yeah. There's it's it's a really, really cool community and they on an, an
2: official
0: case. online page too, Oh that's true, yeah. They have the their youth apology. And they do zoom uh zoom calls, meetings with famous um,
1: Catholics on there.
0: Yeah, they had they had Trent Horn. Um who else did they have? Peter Craig. Of course, Of course I think of of Trent Horn first because I'm a big Trent Horn fan. Yeah, they had Peter Craig, Father Simon, who's also bishop. on TikTok.
1: They had a, they had bishop? a
0: bishop on
2: there? Yeah, they had a bishop, I think, from Georgia. I forgot what his name was.
0: Oh, yes, I think I remember. I I can't. The name doesn't come to me now, but, but yes, yeah. Yeah. So they, they're, it's a, it's a really cool community. Um, and
2: can I? Oh, sorry. Can I add one thing? Um, the thing about the YA chat is that it's not just here in America. We have a lot of people from Canada. Canada, right? from the UK, Australia, Sweden, uh um, that uh what's that country? Panama. Called? Yeah. Um that one country. What's that country called where the one where Trump met with Kim Jong Un? Korea.
1: Like,
2: Korea? No, it's the other country. Well, we have people from there and we have people from Mexico on that chat. It's very diverse. It's like a global thing.
0: Yeah, which is a beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Oh, so you, Italy and Africa. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's. It's a very diverse group, and it's never. And they have it on Discord too, so it's like it's never a boring day when you're chatting with them. Uh, unfortunately, with school, uh, I can't be too interactive with them, but uh, it's it, it always is a really a really nice interaction to have, especially when I was starting out. Um, which isn't too too long ago, I didn't have many people to talk to about my Catholic faith. I mean, my my parents are Catholics, but I didn't I didn't really have anywhere to like that I felt I could ask questions, especially with the pandemic going on. And that
2: was, it was a great, like that like, feeling gateway. when
1: you it's like that feeling when you have a really good meme and you have no one to send send it to. Exactly, it's like that but more on a bigger <laughs> scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, yeah. Because as you start learning, you start learning of that that religion isn't like this small thing exactly so
2: singapore. it's like
0: sorry it's that almost was a like oh, okay yeah singapore um it's it's really like when you start learning more about your faith and like the importance of it it's like you you found this important cure and you want to share it with as many people as you can but uh but yeah i will, speaking I mentioned Father Simon that they had on the youth apologetics chat. Um, Father Simon is, is a priest that I found through TikTok. And he posts a lot of, of things. Well, I follow him on Instagram now. I, I no longer have TikTok. But uh, what do you guys think about priests using this platform, namely TikTok, to to reach out to the youth and and share the faith?
2: Cool.
0: Well, people like Father Simon, and then I there's other priests on there that I used to follow. What do you guys think about like priests and uh, religious um, brothers being on TikTok?
2: Well, okay. The thing about priests and religious brothers, seminarians, and like people who are, are part of the Catholic Church on TikTok, I think it's honestly a good thing. I don't know if it's because right. Um, TikTok helps them reach like a larger audience and the audience is like Mm. more young. And this is all my opinion, but I honestly believe that the church is not doing too so well with the younger generation here in the United States of America. Sure. And I think that the having these priests spreading positivity and spreading like the word of the Lord and all that on this app that targets children if we're going to be honest i think it's honestly good be- i think it's a good thing it's a, it's a good way to modernize the church
1: i partially agree um the reason being is like it's all about the approach um father simon is like perfect at this but there's other priests that are not so perfect like father simon he, he does his rosary, his Bible readings, and he has, like, an army of, like, people that join him. It's, like, great, right? But then right. you have these other priests who they just... they try to present something to everyone that's just not Catholicism. They're trying to bend Catholicism to the appeals of the world instead mm-hmm. of just appealing, like, like just begging the world to come to Catholicism. He, they're just trying to, like, um make the religion for what it's not and, and and it actually does a disservice for people because like like some priests kind of like they they make memes like around the church or they'll, they'll do something funny like oh look this is my life dressing as a priest blah, blah blah and they'll just go through this whole routine right but the thing is like these people who are or like they think catholicism is some this this whole thing because of how the priests describe it and how and how they act and how they carry themselves out yeah they're going to come to the church and they're going to realize that's not how it is. And they're going to leave. And that's, that's just going to do a disservice. So it's all about the approach. If they bring the true faith to the people and, um, Hey, obviously some kids are not going to be into that. Some people are just gonna, they have short attention spans. Like this generation has the short, one of the shortest attention spans of all time. But well I have hope in the church, because the church is a unique beauty, a, um, the true church attracts the eye. That's why it hasn't, um, as has has lasted for over two millennia because it is actually beautiful and it's actually really deep and,
0: um, it's the one
1: true faith. Right. So it's going to last, but you have to keep to tradition. You have to keep to it, the fullness of truth. Like you can not distort it. You can't pass it off as something as it's not. So it's just really important to keep the foundation and tradition in all, any platform, like any way, bring the church to other people
0: yeah i think that's that's a really good point um on terms of like father simon well i think really the the priests of tiktok are the best part of tiktok and not necessarily just the priests but like those who are bringing the the gospel out right and, and sometimes it's protestants right but of course it's preferable when it's catholics but i think that's the that's the best part of tiktok um and yeah, it's true. Like when we see like, like Father Simon or those kind of priests on, on, TikTok, it's something cool because while you're on TikTok, you're scrolling seeing people dancing, and all of a sudden you come across this priest and like, oh, like that's cool. Like I'm Catholic, and and maybe I haven't gone in the mass in who knows how long, and then I see this on, uh, my For You page. I'm like, you know, this is this is interesting, and then you like it, and then like like Juan mentioned, you like stuff, and it becomes tailored to more of like. What the algorithm sees that you like, so that could all. That's also something that helps bring people more, helps attract people mm-hmm. more to the church. That's exactly and then, what happened
2: to me. Yeah,
0: similar, similar to me too, in different ways. But and then also, it's true what what Nathan said, because there are a lot of people who wanna make the the Catholic Church attractive through wrong methods. Right, so you don't you don't want to sell a lie, because then when someone like like Nathan said they go to a parish and then they see that it's not there, they're gonna be let down. So it's it's better you don't. First of all, you don't you don't even need to lie or try to make things different because the Catholic Church is beautiful, right? You you tell people about the Eucharist and, and you show them how Jesus is truly present there, and it's just. You you don't you don't even need to add to that. What well, what could you possibly add to that and say, Hey, you could receive Jesus through the Eucharist? What well, what do you guys think?
1: I think that's about... exactly right. Um, what's it called? Yeah, so the the one true faith people need to have hope in the church. The church on its own is enough and God even gave us Mary. Mary's a great, great converter of the most hardened hearts and the most stubborn-headed people. And we place all our hope in Jesus and Mary, and we know they could work within anybody. So we don't need to appeal to the modern-day trends. I I believe it was Fulton Sheen who said, if the church marries... uh, like any certain time period, it will become a widow in the next. Um, that's because it think fashion trends are always changing. And if you commit to one, you change the church radically. And for sake of the 21st century, this, this time, this TikTok era, we're t- totally adopting the church to this little TikTok is appealing. We're going to go all in. When TikTok's dead, so will the Catholic Church. Like we can't do that. We need to just stay true to the the church Jesus handed us and the apostles handed us.
0: Yeah, they, uh, that's, that's that's exactly right. Um, Juan, do you have anything we to add about uh, TikTok in particular before we kind of transition?
2: Uh, I can, the only thing I could add to would be my own personal experiences with TikTok. Uh, so I could talk about how As someone who was struggling to find their faith, I had faith, right? I had my faith. I knew I accepted Jesus into my life. I knew that Jesus was, you know, my God. And I had a feeling that I was Catholic. I wasn't 100% sure. But before TikTok, I was uncomfortable, like, praying to saints or even praying to the Virgin Mary. I didn't really have a relationship with her or any of the saints. But Jesus, uh, but I was not a Protestant. I was more mm-hmm. of a what? Existing like Catholic, like, like a yeah, like a non-practicing lukewarm Catholic. And when I downloaded this app, wow. I started to. I saw one video by this girl. Her name is Vanessa. Vanessa Lara. And she made a video talking about the Virgin Mary and the Catholic faith. And then I kinda of, I like them. I said I like them. So I would give them hearts, started following her. And from there the algorithm knew like right away. Oh, this boy is Catholic. We're gonna recommend more Catholic videos to him. So I started seeing more Catholic videos, more Catholic videos of different Catholic creators, uh, Brother Gerardo. Uh, there is this other guy, what was his name? Oh, Father Simon. He's like an mm-hmm. he's a Catholic priest from a what order? I think it was like an Eastern order.
0: No, and he's a Chaldean priest.
2: Chaldean priest, sorry. And I just started seeing a lot of Catholic, like a lot of more videos, not just Catholic videos, but Christian TikTok, also uh, right. Protestant TikTok. And it kind of just like sparked my interest. Not because they were like trying to evangelize me. There was just like the I'm really into history and like the videos that Vanessa Lara would make on her TikTok, like talking about like the history of the church, the the um the miracles of the Virgin Mary, all that. It interested me. And then one day she made a video talking about that she has a group chat for Catholics and that if you want to join, just to message her and like something over that day, I decided to messenger she replied right away with the link and that's when i joined and these wonderful people on this on this app called group me who educated me on my faith they they so many things i did not know about being catholic i didn't even know purgatory existed until i entered this group chat uh i learned a lot about my faith they opened my eyes and i'm always i will always be grateful for the app TikTok, yeah, uh, because of that. Because I found my faith. I found my faith helps me get through the day. It it helps me with my anxiety. Like I don't yeah. feel f- afraid anymore. Like I feel like a sense of security. And yeah, I have TikTok things for that. I have, then I have God for guiding me to joining the TikTok. I honestly believe He guided me. You know, but I also, um, whoever created that algorithm on TikTok, I want to thank them too because it works really well. That's just my that's my experience with the app. But I do agree with, um, Nathan. You know, like yeah. it's just a trend. Like who knows? Like later on, YouTube is already dying. Later on, TikTok could be dying, and and people won't be on TikTok. But but the only thing I can argue in defense of that is that there, were, there will always be a new social media site and the church will always be in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, I know that. That's a great point because, right, uh, the, the social media, what is it for? It's for the people. And a lot of times within those people, I mean, Catholicism is of the largest uh religion so you you could count on on Catholics being present there and then you brought up that good point of like go, uh scrolling through your for you page and seeing more christian content and yeah that's you start seeing people because you said it's more for uh, steered toward younger people like teens and yeah. so forth so you start seeing more people around our age and you start seeing wow there's just there's people who are are around the same age as me and they care about their faith it's like maybe this is more maybe there's something more to this and and that's perfect because i I want to transition a little bit to the question of is the church dying And, Mm -hmm. and maybe not necessarily just the church but like are less people being more into their faith what do you guys think like do you from personal experience uh nathaniel we'll start with you what do you think
1: well, the evidence does suggest that um church going people are declining and quite rapidly actually um, I think it's because of like heresies that are popped up, this new heresy like like there's a lot of people like on Twitter who say like, "Oh, well, you know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious and they try to paint religion as give it this dark um connotation to it which is just totally um unfair and there's christians that do this it's not even like um atheists or these like um astrology people that are like oh spiritual this spiritual this no it will be christians that say this oh well i'm christian right. like, i believe in jesus i follow jesus but i don't go to church and they just say that with such authority like i'm like on oh, what authority are you making that statement I mean Jesus gave us the church he built the church upon Peter Acts of the Apostles the whole book in the Bible shows the the troubles and trials of the first the 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 early church and what they did and and how they built it up and how they evangelized and it, and and it ended with um a you know 10 or 11 of the apostles being martyred now tell me how you're supposed to take that information and then say oh in 21st century here I'm going to throw that all away, and yeah, I'll read the Bible, I'll open it up, but I'm too good to be in church. You know, Jesus went to the synagogue. The Lord himself was not good enough. Well, he is ultimate good, but I'm saying that church is good, and he went to church, so church is good. So how are we, any one of us, to come along and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm 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 not I'm just spiritual you know I can't go to there with all those other people you know I'm, I'm better than that they're just all wrong they they're just they don't they don't understand how it's like nowadays that doesn't make any sense and I haven't and if you think I'm giving a caricature of their argument of what these people say please give me a better one because I haven't heard a good argument or even a argument besides oh I'm spiritual um not religious I haven't heard anything any reasons beyond that alone so that's the main reason why I feel that church membership is declining because of that lie that has been sown in everybody, well, just all the young people I know like our parents' generation doesn't really believe this It's more like with us um, so that's why I feel that the youth um, um, church membership is just declining rapidly
0: yeah, know mm-hmm. I, I, totally, I totally get that um and it's true a lot of times people say this common slogan, so to speak of. I'm not religious and spiritual, but a lot of the times you ask them or you could. Ask, I mean, you hear it and you don't really know what it means. And you ask them, what do you mean by that? And they won't really be able to give you a straightforward answer. They're like, oh, well, I believe in a God or I believe. And it's usually not really something uh, coherent. I think
1: um, it comes out of the sin of sloth because they feel like they, it's like on the tip of their tongues. They want to say, well, you don't have to go. They say this actually, some of them, they'd be like, oh, well, you don't have to, you can love as Jesus here, as anywhere, you could pray here. Why do you need to go to church to pray when you could just pray wherever right. you're at in the world? It's like the sin of sloth, laziness, because um, the church was meant to be one body with Christ as a head. And there is also um, this sense of a, a general church, like a worldwide church. Are, are this just this concept of the church but there's also a physical church in which we all go and we pray and together in unison in the highest form of prayer which is the mass so it was what christ intended and i feel like it's just laziness like that's what it's that's what they're portraying they don't want to say it of course they are not going to admit that but it's because they don't want to go to church they they, they just don't want to go
0: right and and yeah. a lot of times it's like they don't um, sometimes they even move away from Jesus, right? And, and we see this too with the, the new atheist movement and the amount of atheists are growing. Uh, but it's also like sometimes they just... We see this this version of oh, no, I, I don't believe in that God. I believe in the universe and mani- manifestation. And it just becomes this kind of like spiral of like well, what does that mean? You just speak out into the universe this finite thing you know and, and a lot of times again you, they won't get they can't give you a straight answer on it um juan what, what do you think do you think uh from your close encounters have you found friends that are or not even just friends but like people you've met encountered that are close to their faith regardless like even if they're not specifically christian uh have you found People strong within their faith, or do you think they're a little bit more distant from what it is they they believe religiously?
1: Well,
2: I grew up from what I've experienced in my life, and I grew up in a very different geographic area than you guys did. And but I did. I grew up going to church with my friends. I grew up ditching to go to church sometimes like ditching middle school to go to church. I grew up going to Ash Wednesday with my friends after school. So in my experience, um I think the younger generation is still religious. But when I'm when I moved to this new city, I'm not gonna say what city, it was very different than how it was where i was because most people it was the first time i've encountered people like that like atheists or or i'm just spiritual or why do i have to go to church and listen to some man tell me what to do those type of people and it was very different for me because i grew up like you know like church is church like there's no other way to worship jesus than by then by going to church like you could pray at home but it just didn't feel right with me but i i do have someone that's close to me that is an atheist and their main argument is always like why do i have to listen to some sinner um tell me what to do but and it always hurts me when i hear them say that to me because they have such a twisted picture of how our religion works that they and they they're just too lazy, like touching back with um with with Mr. Nathan, um slot. They're just too lazy to even care to even try to understand the church. They just will talk out of their talk out of thin air. They'll they'll say whatever's on their mind. They won't even try to understand our religion, but they, they'll they'll they will bash it in so many ways without knowing what it is and that's the only thing that irks me when it comes to people like that is people who are not educated in our religion and they start talking smack about it is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to that and i think that a lot of people are like that because they are lazy i agree they they're lazy they don't want to try they don't they just don't they don't care enough and i think that's part of the reason why the church is dying here in the us because They people are just too lazy. They don't want to try to learn about our faith. But I also think that our church, like the Catholic Church in America, needs to do more. They need to promote evangelizing more, more aggressively, more aggressively, not to the point where it's like door to door knocking, but to the point where like they emphasize. Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to bash no one. No, but like
1: I, I think I know what you're you're getting at here is like yeah just head to head on the type of heresy that's like Mm -hmm. kind of manipulating the society like the the church will just talk about these general concepts but no no they need to like call it out and say no this is wrong condemn it the church has always done this i don't know why they haven't done it now they're kind of more like promoting this like oh this Matt Walsh calls it the the gospel of positive positivity You never want to say the bad parts of the faith. You always just want to talk about the good, good, good. And we all sing kumbaya, but we're on the way to hell because we're not knowing how to fix our lives. Um, The church, yeah, they need to get more aggressive in their tactics. And they're like, um, you need to just go toe-to-toe with this evil. Like, and just, we have the truth. We know that. So if we can just utilize it and combat it. Like, you know, Aquinas back in his day, he was arguing with people on the existence of God and like these philosophical and these um he would have to do these monumentous works, these um these pieces of writing to combat his atheists in his day. He would have made easy work of um I'm not I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. He would have made easy work of that. That would have just probably taken him two sentences, but we're at a like we're we're stuck. We we don't know how to to um to even solve this problem right now. So I think it just comes down to the church, like you said, the um, the catechism. Yeah. I yeah, think, and that brings uh, up a,
0: a a good point. So, what, what do you guys think would be a possible first step into fixing this, into for the church to share this more effectively, so people could grasp it better? What do you guys think is the first uh, a possible first step could be?
2: Um, I think they should make mass a little longer. Uh, like one thing that they could do is like make mass a little longer uh well what, what why is
0: that what what, what do you uh,
2: yeah when I say that I mean like once mass ends, do you know how they always keep like the the bulletin board and they talk about like what's on the what's on the schedule for the week you sure. know I think they need to do something like that, but they need to incorporate like.
1: Sorry, my phone fell. All good, um, all
2: good. I think they need to do like a couple. They need to take a couple extra minutes to incorporate like, like a, like a public forum type style and tr- in mass. Like to ask questions, so people who have questions in during mass, should just like raise their hand at the end of Mass and ask the priest questions. Talk about the Bible. Be more,
1: like, have
2: more of a connection with the people. You know, your priest
1: doesn't, your priest doesn't stand outside the church and greet everyone. Like, and and they they can come up because my priest, because you're not supposed to interrupt the Mass. You can't stop and ask questions, I don't think. But like, what our priest does is that he goes outside and, and everyone comes up to him and they ask him questions or they thank him or just do whatever. No have yeah, you know,
2: extreme my priest does that, but like I feel like it would be more like like right after mass is over, you know, they say you may go in peace. I would say like instead of doing that, they should like incorporate it, like make it a tradition that you stay after, like no one leaves, and you just talk about you yeah. just talk about the faith, you know right there, the priest being it right right there in front or not in the front of the tabernacle, but like in the corner somewhere, just like. I looking at everybody, yeah. looking at everybody and just like asking them questions and people asking each other questions and like, and then him preaching them catechism style, you know, something like that. Something what like about, that. What about those who,
0: who feel they're well grounded in the faith? Would they also have to, would they also have to be staying after this, Uh, I don't know, what would you call it, like meeting Q&A yeah.
2: Session. No, yeah. Because it would be part of like the mass rich like ritual like to be honest. Like it would like and it would be great to see that like everyone like people who are well in their faith, people who because people who are not like strong in their faith, they're not going to have the courage to walk up to the priest. I don't I get really uncomfortable going up to a priest cuz I just feel like well, would you I don't be like talking to people? And then if I feel like a little bit of devil's
0: advocate here, but like, would you be more comfortable raising your hand and asking the question in a, in a
2: crowd? Yeah. You would. Because I grew up doing that. Like, when I would go to church on Sunday, I, well, this is catechism class. During, like, in my catechism classes, we would, when we would finish classes, we would go straight to mass after on Sunday. And then the priest, he would ask us questions, like the kids in the front, because we would sit all the way in the front, he would ask us questions about the Bible and, like, kind of, like, make us give him a summary of what he just, like, read to us. Like, you know how he reads and, like, he, like, says stuff. Like, what is it called, a homily? He would literally, like, he would make us raise our hands and, like, we would, like, raise our hands and then he would choose on us and then he would, like, he he would make us, like... He'll ask us a question and he'll put the microphone at our on our at her face and like everyone would laugh because sometimes we would say some like funny stuff or dumb stuff. But he would, like teach to the kids while like mass was going on ish almost. I don't know how to explain it, but things like that, you know? Like I think that would be really cool. I like that. I really love I love I would always raise my hand. And I think people would enjoy it too. Kind of like what the Quakers do. The Quakers have like, um, they go, they they all stay in one room together, and they just stay there in quiet, in quietness, but together, and they pray, in their own brain. Why can't Catholics do that? Well, but like all their thoughts of, that they build don't up, we with adoration. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, why can't we have a ritual where we're all in one room together just adoration, thinking about well, the faith? No. Well, that was well, essential? I'm not talking about adoration. I know what adoration is, but, like, I'm saying, like, why can't we... Have something like that, you know, because well, that's the pro I think that's the
0: problem, though, because we we do have something like that. We have the the first communion where we go to catechism and, and we take these classes, but even then, people are coming out, and I mean, me, I didn't fully grasp that Jesus is fully present in the Eucharist until after, until years after my first communion. That's yeah, something. I mean, I might have. Yeah, I might have at the like within those moments. No. But if that didn't stick with me, that, that says something.
1: Yeah, that's like two years of like, and the culmination is the first communion. And we still don't even know what it means. It's a failure of the catechism right there. Um, yeah.
2: Well,
1: you know my, why? my, um, my take on this question is like vastly different. It's more trad because I think it'll work um, to fix the problem. Is Mm -hmm. to take serious canon law. This is especially a problem in the U.S. Um, Canon law is violated at whim by the bishops all the time. What is canon law? Canon law is like the rules of the church um, that have passed throughout the ages. The catechism of the Catholic Church has a compilation of them. Um, It's just our laws and our rules basically all spelled out and they're really deep and intrinsic but we don't know about them like in catechism i never learned about canon, canon law but if you make serious canon law especially with scandal and um for example like politicians who support abortion if the church were to excommunicate them it would send a message saying that first of all it's not it's not doing that to just for a purely political thing it's for it's actually a merciful act when you excommunicate someone because excommunication doesn't mean they're banned from the church it means that they must go to confession before they are fully entered into the church and can receive communion again um so if you if they do this it takes serious canon law like for example with the scandal and and the politicians thing people will know that, like, just something so simple, oh, Catholics need to support life. This Because this is actually split amongst Catholics.
0: Unfortunately, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's actually split dead even 50-50. A lot of Catholics are pro-choice. And it, this is very simple. Imagine the news headlines. Um, congressman is excommunicated. President is excommunicated by the Catholic Church. Oh, and they're like, Oh, I repented. I repented. I mean, they don't have to say it, but if they, it's just getting the, like the people will know, Oh my goodness. So we can't do this or we'll be in a state of grave mortal sin. They'll start realizing the reality. And they're like, Oh shoot, I need to start taking my faith serious. This isn't about me. This isn't about the trends of the time. Cause I know it's fashionable and trendy right now. Right. So Pro choice. People will realize, look, I need to put all the trends. I need to put all the politics to the side. And I need to stick to the one truth faith that was handed to us 2,000 years ago. So I think that is a real problem. And the abortion thing is just a, one aspect of canon law. There is so many laws that we just do not know about. Um, and I think if we just adhere to them and the bishops do their job in excommunicating a lot more, then this problem would be fixed in no time.
0: Yeah, that that, that brings up a good point because there's – Oh, I feel there's a lot of times people want to grow into their faith but don't have the resources and then they end up looking through external external resources that's not necessarily coming from the church. So if they had if there was something like catechism classes like where they taught what's in the catechism, uh, that would be extremely beneficial not only for, for the people learning it but because then they, they naturally want to go out and, and And teach that, too. And I think that's also important when you said, Nathan, that uh, it's I think it's very important that the church becomes more strict on on what it is they teach, because a lot of times that's something that that I've heard that it's like, oh, like, well, the thing about the Catholic Church is that it's very comfortable. Right. We're not called to be comfortable. Usually the truth isn't comfortable. So. If we're if if we feel
1: if Jesus preached comfortable, they wouldn't have crucified him
0: exactly. And and if we feel comfortable, if we feel, I mean, you might feel comfortable, right? Because, but if you if you feel just at ease with everything, then maybe not everything is in check. So I think that that is something that that I feel would be very necessary for the church to be more firm on what it teaches because then, like, it like. Like it was mentioned, if they say that a congressman was excommunicated, and it we see it on the news, people are gonna be like, "Oh, this isn't just something they say. This is actually something that actually could happen," and then people could take it more seriously. What well, What do you think about that, Juan?
2: I don't think you can force anyone to like learn. If they don't want to learn, they're not gonna learn. If they don't have, like, if they don't want to be there. A lot of people feel like mass is like a chore, and especially amongst like teenagers, they don't they hate going to church. They think it's like a waste of time. Well, what do
0: you mean and... by force?
2: Force someone to learn, like their parents. So like their parents make them go to church. You know, they have no other choice. Well, and... parents put us in schools. Well, I just want
0: to get the distinction because I get what you mean. Because at some point, we it does feel like we're being forced.
2: But then, well, there are other I will times... like, give you an example. I have a friend yeah. who. Um, she doesn't believe in God and doesn't really like the Catholic Church because her grandma forced her to go growing mm-hmm. up and like was like, really, really rude about it. Like, with toward, like, she was going to burn in hell. If she didn't go to church and all this stuff. Because she's not educated herself on the faith. But, like, people like that who feel like, um, who don't like the church because of that, there's, a, there's also, not just that, there's also a lot of people who, they just don't want to. They don't have, like, the fire in them to even try to learn about the faith. Well, and, well like, I
1: will say... There's not that... much
2: that we can do but pray for them. We can't really force I them mean, to join.
1: But, but the whole parents thing... Parents make their vows at marriage that they will raise and rear their children in the faith. So... I mean you can't give up on your kids. I know that's not what you were saying, but like it, No, it's no like, that's not what I was saying. You you can't like well you just said like well the you don't want to force them, but I feel like the the parents must never ever give up even if they're on their deathbed they must plead to their children to repent. Um um but yeah, I I, I get what you're saying with like you can't force anyone to learn and the approach like you said it, it right. really matters like that 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 person like who said, oh, you're going to go to hell, blah, blah, blah. That is the wrong approach. That is not what someone wants to hear. It might be the reality, but it is not the right approach. So, So, yeah, yeah. so it's all about approach. And and that's how we're going to fix this problem, like with tactics, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's also something that, that has to also be taught, even though it's not necessarily something that you could just learn it off some class but it's just the act of of being charitable because you're not going to, you could have a whole bunch of facts and and this could be with the, this not necessarily with the catechism, but just in general, like when you're evangelizing or whatever it may be, you could have a whole bunch of facts that could logically make sense, but if you're not charitable, it's not going to matter. They're not going to want, excuse me, they're not going to want to listen to you. So yeah, Juan, you you bring up a really good point because a lot of times people grow up with the resentments toward the church, not really actual arguments for yeah. it, like, that, which, would... don't
2: like it, that I'm going to yeah. experience, like, past yeah, trauma. exactly,
0: like, it could be like, oh, well, when I was seven years old, this priest yelled during the mass, and and that's an exaggeration, there are more serious things that, that have happened, like,
2: you the know, priest has yelled at me during mass, but yeah,
0: yeah, and, and you see it, now you're, you're deep into the faith, so it's like, an experience shouldn't shape the rest of all your other experiences. It could, but that's where I think if people are well catechized, well, uh, I hope I just educated. make that word up. Yeah, people are more educated in into help bringing people in and not like in a business kind of way, in like a loving kind of way where you know you have this fundamental truth and you want other people to also enjoy this truth then you start that that's something that that could also help bring people people in i don't
2: yeah. know what you guys if you guys agree or yeah i agree like you said like to more to catechize people um wouldn't it be good like to do like what other religions do like they like make it a requirement to go to classes to even be in the faith like the seventh day adventists or the you have to, in order to be a part of the church, you have to, like, take your kids to Sunday school and they, you know, things like that. Wouldn't that, like, help it, though? I think
0: that's also, because that's a little bit part of the problem and not, not to play on the whole uh, overuse of that term, the part oh, of problem. the problem. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, there's people, who, parents who enroll their kids into Catholic schools, and that's why this, the, people, the kids resent the church. Because of their experience, so I don't, I don't know. Because that 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 is something that, and when people convert mm-hmm. to Catholicism, they do have to take classes, take the RCIA classes, and then as we're developing into our faith like as kids, we have to go through our first communion and confirmation. So we do take classes. I just think yeah. that maybe the content isn't as as I think it's the
1: teachers the catechism teachers, yeah. right now there's no requirements, they don't check exactly. how much you know um, so you just hope you get a good teacher, there's no checking of them I guess in most parents, right. maybe some they do, I wish there was volunteers
0: didn't, Nathaniel ha, uh, haven't we heard of uh, someone who, who was in teaching catechism and, and they have pretty interesting views on it uh, yeah, on certain I was, church teachings and and it turns out they're teaching other kids about the the faith can you tell us a little bit about that
1: I actually had this situation twice um oh. first on Twitter and then another person on Instagram who had a few choice words with me and I noticed that on her bio it said um present um catechist and I was like well gee I was like you're holding these views but you're uh... so I just asked her I was like oh so you you're a catechist you you teach the youth and she said yes and I was like well, wh- how can you support abortion? Uh, don't you know it goes against the church? And then she was like, Oh well, um, I know against I know it's against the church, but um you believe this, this, and this and this. And she was going off on some political rambling, but I was just like, No, 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 let's get back to this point. You just agreed that the church spoken out against it. Why are you conforming with it? And she just she she never said that's what she teaches the um the kids. Right. Um but it's like, how how could you, like, let someone with these views teach the generation of kids? Like, obviously, she's never going to bring that. Like, um, I hope she's a good teacher. But what if she doesn't emphasize the importance of life? Like, you're not going right. to be talking to little kids about abortion. I never learned that in, in catechism school. But the thing mm. is, you could talk about simple concepts like life and that. And maybe she knows, like, oh, that's a conflict with abortion. Let me not teach that. You never know. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's a big issue. To, like, do a little screening, you know, just like, oh, you know, well, what do you believe? Exactly. In? Right.
2: Th- and- Let me tell you guys something. When I was in catechism, we, I had a teacher who told all of us that AIDS came from gays. Not true. AIDS came from gays, as punishment from God. That was real, and that's real I'm telling you that right now. And I also had catechism and teachers who were teenagers doing community service hours for college, and they would be with the kids relationships with them Legally, because like they're the same age. Yeah, and that's many um... more background checks on them, I'm just telling you. Yeah, that's it what I was.
0: I, I I wanted to kind of put a little emphasis on that on the background check, and also wanted to kind of point out that it wasn't with with our previous example. It wasn't to like call out anyone. It was just it's something common that happens, right? And not because it's common, it makes it right, but that person that that we've encountered isn't the only person who possibly does this. Um, but then it also comes back to the kind of like a circular thing where there aren't a lot of people. Who are very deep into the faith, unfortunately, uh, but then we want to look for people to teach the faith, and then if we want to ask them, like, oh, like if they meet all these requirements,
2: like a
0: right? Like, like do you know the teaching on this, 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 and this? Right, and and yeah. it honestly should should be something like like a no brainer, right? Like you ask them, like yeah. is Jesus God, and they should just respond yes um but then if they if there's this lack of of amount of people then maybe parishes could feel kind of like we aren't in a place to be very picky about it and then it becomes this kind of then you don't pick a very well qualified person to teach the kids the kids don't become very well educated and then those kids grow up to be to be adults who maybe want to catechize but then it's yeah. kind of
1: or evangelize
0: right you you, you kind of get what i'm saying
2: no yeah, yeah I, I totally I, get I don't you
1: agree, but i don't agree like you should screen like you can't compromise like people do this with the altar servers issue okay well there's not a lot there's not we don't have a lot of kids going to mass so we just have to make the altar servers girls too like no you don't priests could actually conduct the mass all on their own it's not recorded that they need to have altar servers in the first place the mass, the mass can be legitimately done without any altar servers so um Ooh. it's just like that the catechism like get good catechism teachers that's mostly important it doesn't matter that you're experiencing a decline in membership we can keep praying praying for an increase yeah. but prayer um, yes that works Yes, I I just don't believe in the concept of forsaking, um, what we know is good just because we're going through some hardship. I mean, like Jesus started with twelve apostles, you know. So if mm-hmm. we can get, just get twelve good men, and maybe we could all broadcast them on Zoom or something and hold a a catechism for the world or something. If that's all yeah. we have, but I think we have See? more than that. But that's
2: what TikTok <laughs> is. That's like what TikTok is.
0: Right. And that, that brings up a, a good point, too, because a lot of times w- there aren't a lack of resources for Catholics to learn about the faith. The thing is, they're, they're not coming from the church, right? So we have these wonderful resources on, like YouTube. There's Matt Frad. There's Catholic Answers. But it's not. And
1: Lizzie Answers.
0: Lizzie Answers. Yeah, there's a lot you know, there's... of
1: brave laymen stepping up right now. You right. Taylor Marshall.
0: And that's the thing. Those are the people saying the hard Hard truths. Matt Frad, Taylor Marshall, uh Father Mike Schmidt. You're right. The church, Schmitz, is, sil- right. The church is silent yeah.
1: on it. But I hear right. these people.
0: And it's kinda how, how Matt Fred um said it. I don't know where he got it from, but it said, uh there was a problem in in our parish and then we would look to Rome to how to fix it. But now there's a problem in Rome and we have to look to our parish and wonder what do we do? Because there really isn't that much stability in like what do we do? You, do you guys get what I'm saying? Um,
2: I get what you're saying. What is, what is this problem in, in Rome? Well, just kind
0: of the lack of clarification with certain things that, that come about. Like, the Pope could say something, and then people are wondering.
1: They didn't follow up. Yeah, they didn't they follow up. They'll just leave everyone yeah. guessing. And then the media what? ends up getting the story all for themselves.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I feel like it depends on the diocese because I've, I've been in two different dioceses in my life, and they're very much different. And in the diocese that I grew up with, we would do our first communion, like, early on, like, elementary school. But then they would make us do our confirmation, like, high school age. So, like, I feel like that would be better to do it like that. And then my diocese over here they would just do it like right away, like first communion and then confirmation at a young age too. Like you're not going to remember that when you're older.
0: Yeah, that, that, that is, excuse me, that, that is very true. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, and it's not something super exclusive to religion. I, I follow sports. I follow specifically soccer and and it's common to just, get some to get an interview, pick out a an answer and take it out of context and then sell it. Metaphorically speaking, sell it to the public, make them think that this is what what uh what they said. But then usually, I mean, the players see this or the president or the coach, whoever it may be, and it's like, oh, no, this is not what I said. This is what I said. But sometimes we we get certain kind of implicit, mystical kind of Going, uh, beating around the bush, sayings from sometimes even the Pope, sometimes from uh the bishops here in the United States, without much clarification, and then, yeah. so if, if that kind of confuses us who want to deeply be in tune and updated with what's going on in the faith, and we know, or we we hope that that we know, uh. The teachings. Try our best to follow it. If it confuses us, and then for those who, who maybe are about to get in or aren't very sure about it, they see this and they're going to think that that's what we believe as Catholics, and that's something that's very very frustrating.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, honestly, that's so true because, oh, okay. There is a lot. I think this is worldwide. But there is a big misconception that we worship statues. Right. And, just and quick, like, like, I don't understand I that, why this is such a big misconception when, when it's, like, like part of our, like, what is it called, the catechism? That we don't worship statues? Right. And I think it's because exactly what you said, like, some leaders high up in the, ch- in the church don't clarify. Right.
0: Yeah, there's people I mean, there's this person on, on YouTube, can't remember his name, it's not coming to me. This guy with an accent, guy with the beard. Uh, but he I think he's here in California and he's a Protestant and he interviews people out on the street and and he comes across usually Catholics, but they're misinformed Catholics and then there's this guy who he he asks this guy, he's like, Oh, you're a Catholic. Do you worship do you worship Mary? And then the guy thinks about it for like two seconds. And he's like, "Yeah, actually, we do." Like, oh. I, like, but, and it's it's something extremely frustrating because it's what are the, what's going on in that parish, right? That they're not clarifying that they're, and then it's also he he wasn't a, a very young. I mean, he's young, but he, it it was at a university setting, so it, it there's something wrong. That we can't simply fake fi- Try to fix from the top, because it's a problem that starts from the from the very roots that we have to go and then work our way up from there.
2: Yeah, um, oh, I like it's, that. It's well, because can't...
1: the bishops don't, they don't combat heresy face to face. Like Protestants have no shame in their parishes, calling out Catholics all the time. It's kind. It's probably like ninety percent of their sermon. I'm not even lying. It's just like spouting the supposed evils of the catholic church but you look at our masses and not a single i'm not saying it it. doesn't need to be in our mass i'm not saying it needs to be in the priesthood's homily every time but if the if the bishops gave a declarative statement issued a statement denouncing the heresy and gave sound reasoning if a lot of bishops did that call them out call the Protestant sects out the ones that are like rampant don't be afraid call out call out the baptists call out um call out the evangelicals call them out yeah not not attacking the person as the belief because it's heresy and it's wrong the bishops back in the day used to combat it with an iron fist i'm not even playing you they used to say vicious words about evil because it's evil you don't play nice with evil and this is not to be confused with the person this is not for the person you have charity and love to all people Mm-hmm. But with the lies, you combat them. How do you combat them? With sound reasoning and with our our faith, yeah, the one true faith. Mm-hmm. But they that's what don't I'm saying. A- a- this gospel of positivity. We all leave mass with a happy-go-lucky message, and we just go home and we feel good, and that's that's it. We coexist. Mm. You exactly. know, this is strictly an American problem. I want to say strictly, but it's an American problem. Um, this whole idea because of pluralism and all that. It's not like that in the East. Christians in the Middle East, for example, are threatened of be- getting beheaded, trying to go to church. There is no yeah. coexist there. Yeah. So their masses don't consist of that. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be people of other faith telling them, you know, renounce your faith or I will shoot you right here on the spot. Right. Churches? That doesn't exist to them. They, they are face to face with evil. So they, that's not an option for them. So that's why the East, Eastern Church is so much stronger than the church we have here in America. Because we don't have a backbone to combat evil. We don't. We just, yeah. we're complacent yeah. with it. We're okay with Christ and evil. And that is like worse. That, that's worse. That's almost being lukewarm in a way. Right. That's what and I'm, I'm saying. I,
2: we need I like a little extra time to talk about these issues. Their aftermaths. Yeah. There, but yeah, like as a whole mass. like mass group. That's what I meant like when I meant like we need like a little extra time during mass to talk about these I issues. Yeah. I just didn't yeah, probably. Say
0: yeah, and I I feel like it'd be a good idea to have it after mass because if we did it during that'd be a whole trade of mixing with traditions. Um but with what Nathan with what you were saying that uh that kinda brings it back to when I mentioned uh comfort. That's the thing. Here, we, we know that we have a parish, thank, thank the Lord, that we have a parish like 10 minutes away. And, and that could be something that we, we could take for granted and, and we get comfortable. But that's yeah. a luxury that people in other parts of the world don't have.
1: We and, can shout and... our faith from the rooftops at the top of our lungs. We don't have to be feared of getting beheaded or any of that.
0: Exactly. They can't.
1: They can't in the Middle East. They're lucky if they exactly. have one little corner. They have an underground church. Think of that. Yeah. yeah. Especially and in Egypt. They wish they could shout. They wish they could shout. They wish they can go to adoration or mass. They're thirsty for these sacraments. And we're over yeah. here. They're, these churches are like five minutes away yet we don't. We pick other things over them. It's that. Okay.
2: True. Can, I, can I add on to that? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Um, she's not my friend, but I met this girl who's Egyptian and she had to leave Egypt because I think, like, her little brother was, like, bombed or something while going to church. She's, like, Egyptian Orthodox, but it's similar to our religion. But, like, how you were saying, they're still Christian. Um, the Her family had to flee Egypt because they were getting prosecuted for being Christian. They had to come to the U.S. Like, that's a real issue that they had to deal with over there. And, like, those people they instead of like renouncing their faith and just like becoming um becoming um muslim because i think she told me it was like the muslims that were attacking her they they they're so faithful that they would risk their whole lives they would move to a country where they don't know english or anything to just to be free to practice their faith which is amazing
1: yeah, yeah, they're and that's, that's looking perfect... at us like, "I can't believe you guys have all this freedom and you're not, you're not, you're not using it to do good." Yeah, be in shock.
0: Yeah, and it's a problem that a very human problem, I think, just kind of getting comfortable with what we have, taking it for granted. I like, I mean, it's like I like I told Juan earlier. I think it was before the recording. We don't know what's gonna what's gonna come first, if the next day or or our death. So that's a lot of things that, that take when we take that in mind, when, you know, the common memento mori, you know, the confession, going to mass, receiving the Eucharist. It's all these things that we feel like, you know, I might not go this week, but I'll go next week. We don't know if we're going to be here next week. And a lot of the times and, and for us, it could be like we don't know if, it, if we'll be able to go next week. A lot of times for the people in, in different parts of the world, it's I don't know if tomorrow I'll be able to. To celebrate the mass like I am, even if it's hidden, you know what
2: I mean. Yeah, that people hide in China. They can't practice the the Catholic faith in China, and they have to hide. But they get raided sometimes.
1: Yeah, and the the Vatican bended to China. They said, "Oh yeah, you can pick the bishops." That was absurd. (sighs) That should have never happened. Um, but uh, they're just folding to pressure, like I'm saying. So now yeah. the Chinese communists can pick, hand pick the bishops, and obviously they're going to pick the most feckless ones, the ones that don't have spines, and the the they maybe they want to have spines, but they can't. They just they pick the ones that they know will be subjugated to their whim, and they won't speak out against heresy. Right? You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is all. Uh, definitely stuff that we should take more into account in our, in our day-to-day life, uh, especially too when we're at Mass and we know we're about to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Just be very grateful about it, not take it for granted, and and hopefully, I mean, I hope with this podcast, I, I, I'm reaching out to some people, if, even if it's one, two, three people that, that could learn about the faith, uh but with that i want to thank you guys for this i think we had a very fruitful discussion uh we didn't get to go through all the topics but we did go through a good amount and hopefully i could have you guys back on is there anything you guys would like to uh say before we finish off the podcast Mm.
2: oh okay i would like to say that i love pope francis Honestly, I love him so much and, and I would like to say that we should uh get a little more stricter in the church, you know, and then, but I also wanna say that if you guys are struggling with your faith, you guys should try your hardest to find the resources online or in the bookstore or even at your parish they have like a bunch of resources there. Um a good website for information would be like Catholicanswers.com. That's a good site if you want to learn if you want to get more into your faith. Or just learn more about our faith. Or you can you can watch this podcast every is it every week or what is it? Is it
0: weekly? We're, we're working out those details,
2: but hopefully, God willing. Yeah, just, just, but what is it? Just turn on your notifications, for people, for this podcast.
0: That would be greatly appreciated.
2: Yeah.
0: What's true, Nathan? Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, why did you keep going? No, I was going to
2: say, that's all. I just wanted to say, um, pray the
1: rosary repent and believe in the gospel
2: amen he's there
1: yeah just um also wanted to take a moment to look heresy directly in the face and address it um you cannot be spiritual and not religious that is not possible they are not um that, that that's not how it works you see you go to um, a church and you participate in union with everyone there. You gather as one body uh, with Christ as the head and you pray together in the highest form of prayer, which is known as the mass. And during that mass, you can receive Jesus in the Eucharist, which fills the very substance of our souls and sanctifies our souls. Um, As soon as you partake in the Eucharist, um, all your sins will Maybe your venial sins are washed away. Um, your grave sins, you should not take confession with grave sins. But even your ve- the venial sins, even the ones committed up to the hour of you going to church, will Make be confession. gone by taking the Eucharist. And it is great. There is just not one reason not to go to Mass. So,
2: yeah, those com- are my messages. Sorry, Nathan. But I think you said do not take confession with grave sin. No you should, oh, should confess
1: Oh don't take the Eucharist with grave sin. You must yeah. go to confession before you yes yeah. thank you. Thank you for that miss B that's yeah. a good distinction to make
0: Amen. <laughs> hey, yeah uh I want to thank everyone who has listened. I hope that that you guys have found this conversation to be fruitful. Hopefully we may have more and hopefully you learn from it. Uh, thank you guys once again for for joining Juan and Nathan and for everyone listening uh, I'll pray for you and hopefully you pray for us thank you
2: please pray for us
0: thank you